Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Girl, Can We Talk? You know, our couch talk when we sit around and giggle. Or when we lay across the bed and we talk about that tough stuff. Maybe even it's when we chit-chat on the phone about how our day went. Yeah, this is that space. This is that time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we dive into another episode of Girl, Can We Talk? And by the way, hey, did I mention my name is Sean? Yeah. Well, it's me. I'm your girl. Growing up for me and coming out of like just an abusive background, like a seriously horrendous abusive background, the value of oneself goes down. Your appraisal value goes down, down, down. And your ability to socialize goes with it. So you could be misunderstood even, I mean, even in thought. And I'm saying that to say that when when your value goes down, it goes down to a point to where you really, you really don't love yourself. So the first step of reconciliation is when you can look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and face who you are and love who you are and what you see, not so much what you see in the mirror, but who you are coming through what I come through. It was hard when I met Cheryl, I was at the top of my game and I had just fell on hard times, like maybe a month before I met her. But everywhere I went in the city, everybody knew who I was and that's what I did. I did music. My character, I was Trig. Mm-hmm. And the name in and of itself was metaphorical because any slight thing could trigger a personality. I had multiple personalities and voices to go with each personality on any song at any time. I could do whatever. Long story short, you get lost in those characters because you hide behind those characters. I got to the point to where it was easy for me to get lost because people loved the character. They loved what they saw, so I was a mess. Now I'm confused, right? Because I didn't want to be the person who was a victim. I wanted to be this victorious artist who had this multiple personality. Long story short, when we talk about reconciliation, I think the biggest struggle for me at first was reconciling with myself. When I met my wife, that never appealed to her that people liked me and they talked about me. This is before Facebook, this is before Twitter, this is before social media, period. Uh, She was just genuine. When I heard her talk, I was like, she speak to my soul. And it wasn't until I looked up and I said to myself, that's my wife. 
And it didn't take me years to find out that was my wife. It didn't take me that. Because I'm not about to let nobody take this, this prize from me. And you said you had the best wife. I don't think you had the best wife. I think I had the best wife. So, bro, can we really talk? <laughs> I'm talking about but But I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. If you listening right now, the energy in the room is, is genuine. I've been knowing Randy for some time. I've been knowing Cheryl, like, feel like for a lifetime. And I just, you know, I applaud y'all, man, for doing what y'all doing. Because I understand that this is this is not an easy task. But I know both of y'all are genuine in y'all's approach. So if you was uh, to listen to this podcast, just know eyes are glassy. People are just like literally reaching for each other's heart. I want to add too, Marcus helped me in that uh, actually reaching out to you because I had been praying and praying, God, I, I want to reconnect with my brother. I have another brother that I still have yet to meet. I don't know where he is. I don't even know how to find him, but I know his first name is Pierre. But I have been praying for God to bring us back together because we're family one. And I felt the same way you felt, but I used to sing this song. Um, sometimes I feel like a motherless child, mm -hmm. right? And it was like my theme song in my soul because that's how I felt. And, and nothing against my mom, because I really think that she did the best that she could with what right. she had at that time in her life. And even when she gave you up for adoption, it was what she felt was the best decision for Even you. Even though it hurt her. Yes. Absolutely. And you guys had to deal with that end of the, right. of, of the hurt. Because I remember when some my godmother and them wanted to adopt me, I thought, please give me up for adoption. I mean, you know, but... Mm -hmm. That's neither here nor there, Mom. I know you're going to listen to this. Don't be offended because that's just how it was. Um, but so in all of that, when I got to the point in my life where I was ready to like reconnect, Marcus was the inspiration that helped me do that because he has other siblings besides the three of them that grew up together that he's connected with. And... When I came to Kansas City, I didn't have really no family here. I had a cousin, but we were distant. Like, mm -hmm. we grew up a little bit of time together, and then she moved away. So I felt like I didn't have any family, even though my other sisters are still alive. And, and you know, we had somewhat of a relationship because I left home so early. I ran away from home. I didn't have the experiences as an adult as a teenager with them to build that connection. Yeah. So when I begin to reach out to you, I also begin to reach out to them because as we get older in this thing called life, we have to be connected to one another mm -hmm. because God forbid something happens to one of us and nobody knows, Right. you know? I mean, I missed my opportunity to really have a relationship with Christy because after we met at the mall, then I began to really deal with the fact that, oh my God, I'm, I'm black. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I'm black and my father's side of the family don't want nothing to do with me. And some of them treated us bad because we were mixed. That felt weird to me. And then 
my mom's side of the family absolutely didn't have anybody who wanted to do anything with us because we were black. Mm -hmm. That's confusing and hurtful. And when you have both sides coming at you with not wanting to really accept you for who you were as a, is shattering. Like you have to find a way to pick up the pieces. It's fu- it's funny you say that about not being accepted on both sides because I do feel that way even with my my family on my father's side. You know, I had to deal with him. I had to see him growing up. That was hard. I love my grandparents. They did the best that they could. But you know, even their brothers and sisters, so my aunts and uncles and all of their family. Well, that's just Randy, and he's poor kid. You know, just dealt a bad deck. You know. Um, He's got a bad hand here, and, and and maybe I did, but I don't I don't see it that way now. Right. But back, but you you hear that, I mean, you can hear the conversation and feel it and feel it, and it, and it kind of it it sinks in and it really makes you think less of yourself. Well, maybe I'm not worth much. Mm-hmm. And so then it takes you down just a whole other path. And and you know, like I said, I'm, I'm fortunate. You know, when I met Melissa, we were at college. I I was at uh, University of Oklahoma. I had left the college that she was going to um, and went to, thought, oh, I'm going to go to OU. I'm going to do all this stuff. And I hated it. It was too big. It was, I, I felt I was just swallowed by it. So I would go home. I, I lived in the hometown of, of Southwestern, which is the school that we both ended up graduating from. And uh, I remember she had just transferred in from Texas Tech. She came in to the music room, hugged a friend of mine. And I remember God telling me, that's your wife. And she hadn't even met me yet. And then she introduced herself to me on the steps outside the building a little bit later. And I kind of played coy. I'm sure. Nice and bubbly. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) And then, you know, then, you know, I came back from the summer and uh, I remember seeing her back when they had school dances still. Um, Seeing her across the way at a dance and I made a beeline for her. And... uh, I'm trying to get the touchdown, huh? Oh, I was trying. <laughs> I also got told you may you would be a good friend. That was one of the first things she said. To me. So I had to work a little she bit. She put you in one. the friend corner. She did. I got friend zoned. Oh Absolutely. My gosh. But uh, yeah, do you want to add anything, honey? About what you're uh, I would like to ask a question, Melissa. What's that? So when Randy first proposed the thought, the idea of marrying someone who had black siblings, how did that make you feel? Um, you know, I don't even remember when you told me that. I don't even... That, I know we talked about I'm it, I'm sure we did, but that was not even a blip on my radar screen. You know, I mean, that... Okay. Next. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, um, when, when I was growing up, I grew up in West Texas, and um, one of my very best friends was black, and she was wonderful. And, and I remember it, it took a lot. Her parents didn't want her to spend time with me, um, so it took a lot for her to come over and spend the night, but we had the best time. She was just, she was a cheerleader. She was kind of popular, mm-hmm. you know, because she was a cheerleader and I was new at this school. I'd only been there a couple of years. And, um, and so, so to me, I didn't, you know, when he said, whatever you said that you had this other family, I was like, okay, that's cool. And it's no big deal. I think really what got me was when he said, okay, now they're going to come visit us for 4th of July that year. Mm. And I was thinking, okay. oh my, how, how, how do I feel about this? <laughs> you know, you, you really come, you, right. you, that's when you come to grips with right. 
how do I feel about this? And it was a little scary, I'll have to admit, because I, I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, would they, would you like me? Would you not like me? I mean, is it going to be awkward in the room? Is it going to be good in the room? You know, I wanted, I wanted to impress you guys. I, we, we made this huge spread of food. It was the bomb. <laughs> That's one of my, it was tight. I'm I'm a foodie, you know, so I want, I want lots of food and stuff. But, but what I noticed is that when you came, yeah, it was awkward at first, but it's awkward at first for anybody, Mm -hmm. you know, any, any new person that you find. But what I found is that you were, you were very, um, jovial Marcus. You were, you were welcoming and you were like, Hey, love and life, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and Cheryl was all accepting and we just talked around the table and I was like, this is pretty cool. The kids was I, getting together real good too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The, the kids all played, um, played well. So I'm thinking, yeah, that's pretty cool. But you know, it wasn't, and it was several years later though that we really didn't get a chance. I mean, we would see each other at birthdays, or you know, maybe once a year we would right. see each other, and it would be really neat. But it wasn't until we came up here to your house last year that I really felt that connection. You know, that, that, you know, growing up thinking it's just a different culture. Mm-hmm. Their culture is different. And, and which I, in my mind was bad, you know, that's a bad culture. You know, I, I don't know. I really, right. I, but that's kind of what I grew up with. Right. And so, you know, well, their culture and when all the family gets, they have a culture thing, but it was Family culture. It was the best culture I'd ever been around. No I was kidding. Like, oh my it was goodness. accepting Absolutely. and everybody loved on us and we loved on everybody. Yeah. And it wasn't like, okay, there's the white family over there and here's us over here. Right. You know, it was all welcoming. And and I think that when we see the person for who they are and not for the color of their skin. Yes, yes. Or yes. not for the culture yes. they came out of, but yes. the fact that you are a person mm-hmm. and you deserve to be loved. Mm-hmm. You know, you deserve to be valued. Mm-hmm. I think that that's when it came to me. And I'm it's sad to say I was so old by the time that came to me. You know, that you are valued and you are loved. So I'd like to give credit where credit is due. First, I'd like to thank Marcus Williams for all of the equipment that he has allowed me to borrow in order to even put this podcast together and his abilities and skills at editing and bringing it all together to make my final product. Secondly, I would like to give credit to Charmel Cofield and Alexander West for my theme song. I really appreciate it. Jason Smith, Garbaz for setting everything up, and for you, my listeners. Thank you so much for your time. This has been real, and it's been fun. Yep, real fun. Tune in next week for another episode of Girl Can We Talk. And don't forget to like and share and subscribe. Reach out to you, girl, and let me know what you think. Until next time, stay true, stay strong. Stay woman. This is Cheryl signing out. Love ya.